Hey, what is going on, everyone? This is Jake Hofer. Welcome to this week's episode of the Land Podcast. This week, we have Scott Buckley. Now, Scott should be a familiar name for you guys if you've been listening or following the Exodus content for any time. We've done two whitetail cribs with them. We've done a couple shed hunting videos with them. We've spent some time scouting with them. And Scott is self-employed. He runs a construction company, and uh, he is also a deer hunting fanatic. And so really enjoyed the conversation. A lot of just good wisdom, a lot of just good old-fashioned advice that everyone needs to keep in the back of their mind as they're going through the purchasing process, as they're trying to line up their ducks to make something happen and buy a piece of ground. Just a lot of really good things. So I hope you guys really enjoy this conversation. Before we get into the episode, we have two things. The first one, as always, we're trying to help 100 people buy their first piece of ground. Now, whether that means you're in Illinois and I can help you purchase a piece of ground. That's fantastic. You can reach out to me if you just want to get connected with someone that is an expert in your area, the area that you're looking to buy ground. Happy to do that. Or if you have just learned something from this podcast, from a conversation we've had, let me know. I want to add to the spreadsheet because I want to help 100 people buy their first piece of ground. And as always, you can go over to Linktree, sign up and look at the resources that you can sign up for. And then also um, the new YouTube channel and everything else going on there, link to Exodus. And then last but not least, we have a really cool program going on at Exodus for the remaining part of April, and it is an upgrade program. So I'm sure we all have a camera that is just literally lying around. It's useless. It doesn't work. You can now use the code upgrade at checkout and save $75 off the Exodus render or render bundle. And basically, once you place that order, we send you a return label to send in the camera you want to trade in, and it can be any brand. And then after receiving that, we ship you your order. So a pretty cool way to get rid of some cameras that don't work. Save $75 off the Exodus render or render bundle. Be sure to take advantage of that. That is running for the remainder month, remaining part of April. And we have some really exciting things here in the not so distant future that we've been kind of teasing. And it's going to be great. I hope you guys really enjoyed that. But enough of all this. Let's go ahead and get right into this week's episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. All right. I have Scott here online. Scott, it's... It hasn't been too long, I guess. It's been earlier this month. How you doing? Good. How's it going? Not too bad. The last time I saw you was when you uh, saved all of our equipment and assets from our uh, <laughs> our uh, Iowa trip there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> that was quite a, quite the experience there. At least we got most of it back. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah, what a what a crazy turn of events. But um, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. For everyone who is tuning in here that doesn't know Scott, we've done a lot of content together uh, with Exodus, uh, two whitetail cribs, multiple videos, uh, a couple shed hunts, and uh, we were talking there when we were scouting some public out there, and I, I asked if you'd go on the, the land podcast and kind of talk about, um, you've bought a variety of properties over the years, and, and uh, asked if you'd come on here, and you agreed. So first off, thanks for, thanks for coming on here. Yep, no problem. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. So I guess for anyone that hasn't caught up uh, with who you are, do you just want to take a moment to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Scott Buckley. I live in Iowa. I moved here, oh, going on 13 years ago, 2009 anyway, from a little town of Fort here in Michigan over on the east side, up in the thumb. Born and raised there. Um, Lived there 40 years, 40 plus years. I moved out here when I was early forties and, um, had a construction business since 1993, brought that out here. Um, kind of my reason for leaving Michigan. I I used to hunt here in Iowa as a non-resident and I said, I'd like to retire out here. Well, where our economy went to heck in 2008 2009 a lot of builders i worked for were were going under and moving out of state and i thought here's my perfect time to you know come out here and look around so i started coming out talking to some builders and i think it was the winter of 09 and um kind of made up a resume and um went to some builder shows and kind of handed them out to various builders and and well, anyways, it was Memorial weekend. I got a call from one of them and said, Hey, we could put you to work immediately. So I just loaded up the tool trailer and, um, <clears throat> everything I had, I, I had a house there and, um, a girlfriend at the time she was, she stayed with my kids. I had, I think my daughter was in 11th grade and my son was in seventh or eighth. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so I immediately, I mean, within a week, I was out in Iowa working and I would come back every other weekend and um, kind of got a, my business established here fast. There was a lot of work out here. This Iowa was more of a diverse state where, where the economy didn't crash like the auto auto industry mm-hmm. states, you know, Michigan, Ohio, all them that that relied on the auto industry. And so we had, you know, there was, it was a downturn here, but to me, there I was working. It was, I mean, I had so much work, you know, I was turning it down. There was, it was unbelievable. And, um, so yeah, I started there. Um, I guess my real estate started, I don't know. I was probably in my mid twenties, um, late twenties, there was a little house that I bought. In fact, my grandpa, he owned a credit borough at the time in Port Huron. Um, and he always stressed to me when I was young, keep your credit clean. You know, he was the owner of it. And he says, you can do anything if you keep good credit. And um, he was the one that put down the money for this first little house I bought. It was just a, um, I don't know, 800, 900 square foot house. And and I think there was two lots. If if I'm not mistaken, it was like thirty eight thousand or something, you know, for the two lots and the house, little house. And he put up the money and he, he charged me interest. I can't remember. It was fairly high interest back then in the <laughs> uh-huh. whatever ninety or whatever. I don't know if he was. I can't remember. If it was seven eight percent or something, you know. But I made my payments every month and. I don't, I, I ended up taking the two vacant lots and I build houses on them and then I sold them. So I, you know, I got money off them too and, and put her in the bank and, and I don't know how long we stayed there. I know my daughter was born there. Oh, maybe four or five, six years. And then I got the down payment. I bought a piece of property out, out more in the country. Um, 12 acres I bought and I built a house on it and sold the little house I was in. I made money. I don't remember, you know, what I made on it, but you know, I made out pretty good selling the two homes and then selling the little house I had. And then, you know, I built a beautiful home that I, that I raised my kids in. I think I had that for, from 96 through 2011 or 12 um had that oh oh yeah one more thing my grandpa after i built the new house my grandpa he was pretty sick from cancer and and he approached me one day came over and he handed me a check i don't remember what it was it was it was pretty substantial amount and he said here scott here's all the interest you paid me over the years on that house he said i was never it was never my intent to make money off you. Um, but I wanted to teach you, you know, make your payments on time and kind of the process of the whole, you know, making payments and, you know, just being responsible life. And yeah, really, I still hold that in my heart to this day because he died shortly after, but he was such a good man, businessman, um, you know, taught me so much, taught me, you know, he was my main guy for teaching me hunting was my grandpa and but so anyway yep i lived in that house um the one i built out there i had 12 acres and um until i moved to iowa and that's when the economy crashed so the you know housing everything would just bottomed out and i it, things weren't selling and i think i held on to it well my girlfriend lived there with the kids my daughter moved out the following year when she graduated and then she stayed with my son, I think for another year or two until he was done with eighth grade. Then he'd start out here as ninth grade year. So they both came out and I think I held on the house for two or three years just because everything was so bad. And then it started to pick up and I put her on the market and um, shoot. I had like, three offers I think all in the same day it went on the market so they were kind of bit yeah bidding against each other and actually you know the price went up I think I got a thousand bucks more than what I was asking or something like that but 
Um, so yeah, I did pretty good on that. And in the meantime, that three years I lived in Iowa, I was just working my tail off. I was fresh out here, 40 year old guy, gun hole full of energy. We was working six, seven days a week, you know, 10, 11 hours a day, sometimes 12 hours, 13 from, you know, seven in the morning till dark. And, and I was renting a place out here. When I came out, I rented a place for, I don't know, three, four years, maybe five, six years. Um, yeah, probably more than that. 13, yeah, probably five, six, seven years. And so in the meantime, I was taking this money and I paid off my house in Michigan, what I owed on that. So that was paid for. And then I put it up for sale, you know, and I had that money. So that's when I found this little house I live in now. Um, actually, it ain't little. It's, you know, a decent <laughs> sized house. Of, yeah, it's a nice size house. Basement and, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It got some good acreage got, on it. And yeah. Yeah, we got 23 acres, uh, probably 20 acres of its timber and um, pretty rolling hill stuff, you know. Gorgeous view for, off the backyard. Yeah, yep. Yep. Beautiful rolling hills out back. And so, yeah, I was able to practically pay cash for this place. So, I mean, I got a loan, but I ended up, I think after the first year I paid it off. Just, I don't remember the reasons exactly. Oh, I just to get a loan, you know, the process, whatever. I don't remember at the time, but yeah, I ended up paying it off after the first year. So I had this place paid for, and then I started shopping I don't know. I just on a whim, you know, I had friends that had properties and, and, um, I just started thinking, you know, I, I was always a public land hunter and, and it just takes a tremendous amount of work going back in, taking your stands to just work. And, you know, I was getting late forties and I knew eventually I'm going to slow down and, I thought it sure would be nice to have a piece of land <laughs> and, um, yeah, something that, you know, I can call home and, um, you know, I busted my butt so hard out here for so many years. I just, I just worked, worked, worked. And, um, so yeah, I decided I, after I sold my house, I, or sold the house in Michigan and then this one was paid off. You know, I started saving for the deposit down payment and, um yeah I, I just started looking on the internet for different houses i really didn't even have a realtor i mean it was just kind of a you know out of the blue thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to see what was out there and and um um actually it was you talked to him the other day i think steve hansen i was looking on oh, his yeah. site and yep yeah there was a piece of property kind of where i bought that farm miles south and um, I kind of went up in that neighborhood looking around and, um, actually I didn't know that it was already sold. I was looking at some old stuff on the internet, but that kind of got me looking at the neighborhood and, um, well, I'll back up a little bit. That's where I hunted for years, even as a non-resident. And then as I, you know, what? that was 2015 I bought the farm so from 2009 to 15 we always hunted some public property around a big reservoir and we kept our camper in a private I had a 28 foot pole behind camper that I kept in the campground and that was kind of like our you know base we had a place to stay because we lived two hours our home is north and we hunted two hours south well we had this camper and we kept it in this private campground year round and we would go down there and hunt. So when I started looking for land, um, I kind of wanted it in that general neighborhood. I thought I can, you know, even if I do get property, I can still go back to my old stomping grounds of public land, you know, and mm -hmm. still be, you know, within a reasonable distance. So that's kind of what, I started searching in that area and I knew the, you know, a lot of big deer course and in that part of the state. So yeah, back to, I was searching the internet and, um, I looked at that piece that I thought Steve had, but it was sold. And, um, so I, I seen this other piece. Well, we kind of drove by it. That was it. We drove by it and I seen this piece for sale 
just by like a small town realtor. Um, you know, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't, um, you know, like a, wasn't marketed as a premier whitetail farm or anything. No, no. Yeah. Just small town realtor. And I seen it and I kind of took some notes of it, but I didn't call. Well, I was, we went on a, um, probably a week or two later, we went on a wild boar hunt with some friends down to Oklahoma and the whole way back. I don't know what it was eight hours or something, eight, nine hours. I'm just just scrolling the internet, looking at properties, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, um, I came across this one that I had looked, you know, just drove by earlier. I said, man, that looks like the same piece. It looked the pictures in the side. I recognize the realtor. And so I thought, well, when I get back, I'm going to call him and, you know, set up to go look at it. <laughs> and, um, it was 240 acres and it had, Six, it had five ponds on it at the time. Um, they all had fish in them. Had a little ranch house built in, uh, I think, early 70s or late 60s it was. Um, two outbuildings, or three outbuildings, a garage and like two, you know, shed, machine sheds or whatever. Um, so... Yep, we I called the realtor and he said we'll just go ahead and go out. And actually, it was I think March. I said you don't have to come out. I said one thing I would like to do is walk the property, just walk, you know, walk it. And he called the owners or whatever they do and mm-hmm. said, yeah, go ahead. So me and my son went out there. First thing we pulled in the yard, right in the yard, uh, you know, a hundred yards from the house. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. so yeah we walked it that day and it was in march and we found i don't know about 10 12 sheds that day i think um some newer ones some old because it looked like it hadn't really been shed hunted that hard and and um we we really liked it i mean in march that's the thing i like liked about looking at land that was another reason why i kind of wanted to look at them in the spring you can see all that deer sign that you know yep. the running down deer trails the rubs the scrapes um you know i thought well if i you know if i get into summer because i'm a huge deer hunter you know i really can't see all this sign it's good so that's why i was pushing it for spring and yeah i just, there was just so much deer sign on this piece and um so, yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, it, that was really the only one I looked at and one and done. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I didn't, um, I didn't put an offer on right away. I wanted to do some research on the, you know, with the neighborhood and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I don't remember the, you know, time frame, but I think I called the, or no, I didn't call the owner. I don't, somehow I found out who the, land manager was he'd done some work on the farm and he did the neighbor's farm and anyways somehow i got his contact number and maybe the owner gave it to the realtor i don't maybe that's how it went and so yeah i met the land the guy that had done some work on the farm planted food plots um and kind of gave him you know got his what he thought of the farm and the surrounding neighborhood and um so yeah i met him out there and i guess first we talked about the owners see i looked at the old like all the stuff on the you know the pictures of the deer on the farm and and they actually ended up i don't know the realtor got me some pictures of deer they hadn't taken too much over the years that made me a little concerned you know their biggest deer was 150 inch deer mm-hmm. and but then i found out they were older um the two brothers that hunted it were in their 80s you know late 70s 80s and and one brother that kind of did most of hunting he was handicapped he had to use a quad to go out and he only you know gun hunted and they didn't have a clue you know i've seen their setup they really didn't have a clue on how to you know hunt they'd set up an acre and a half corn plot and they put this big old blind right in the middle of the food plot he'd drive his quad to it oh, <laughs> yeah and so 
they, you know, I think all they were doing was educating the deer. So they really, you know, they, it wasn't their thing. So mm -hmm. I was a little nervous about that, you know, cause I didn't, wasn't seeing the deer that they killed. So, and then I asked the land manager that worked on there, you know, what's the deal with that? And he kind of explained it. And, um, he said, you know, he put some food in, but most time it was eight by the time it was eight by the time season came along. So they were pretty much just going out and sitting there, you know, um, because now like I run hot wires around all my food plots because there's so many deer in the area, but so I understand why they weren't getting much. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. And the, while me and Stacy sitting there talking on the hillside that day, it, we're talking about the neighbors and he's telling me the neighbor to the West has 300 some acres on my West border. And he owns, I don't know, he has 600 acres now on the North, like, north right across the road and they're only taking two to four bucks a year you know and he told me they've killed some 170 inch deer and 180 some inch deer and he said the potential was there in the neighborhood my my whole neighborhood not just him but there's a big farm just to the south of me that's five six hundred acres they're just taking a small number of bucks most of these guys are non-residents too. So they're, you know, they can get their gun tags and, you know, they're not, they're not hunting them heavy at all. Yeah. I got a neighbor, I got a neighbor a mile to the east. He has 3000 acres. He's a non-resident. Um, this Stacy worked for him too, but I didn't know what they take. They're pretty secretive. I got another neighbor a mile to the east, northeast. He has a couple thousand acres. So that once I started hearing him, you know, talk of all these big landowners and they weren't taking many deer. I, I knew right then I said, you know, just because the people that own this property weren't taking many deer, many bucks, I said, the neighborhood has a potential. I mean, if they're they just right next door, if they're killing these kind of bucks, I can make this property into something where you know, I'm going to have them too. You know, I, I knew how to hunt and over the last few years, I've learned to process food plots and, you know, all that. And so I decided, um, you know, move forward and, and, um, I approached the realtor. I never did get one myself. I approached the realtor and, and put in a, put in a bid mm -hmm. and, at the time, I think they wanted 3,000 an acre. This is in 2015. I think I, um, I don't know. I made an offer first of maybe 2,500 or something. And they counter offered to 28. And anyways, back and forth, I got it down to 26.50 an acre. Oh, and, uh, and it had yeah has a little house and, yeah <laughs> yeah has a little house so we got a place i didn't have to build nothing we got a place you know it was a nice clean house uh the, there was some groundhogs and stuff living under the crawl space you know it stunk a little but we changed the carpet and you know aired her out and got her got her good shape and um there was an old lady she was 100 years old that you know lived there since the 50s and she passed away two years prior that's why i was dealing with like her kids that were in the 70s uh, and 80s mm -hmm. and still good friends with the family i well actually there was five siblings and three of them have died since i bought the property the bill that i dealt with the other brother died and a sister just died so there's only two left but i talked to the one sister quite a bit and kind of kept that Cause it was their, it was their homestead and they were really, you know, sad to get rid of it. But, mm -hmm. you know, when their mother died, they really, a couple of them wanted to keep it, the boys, but some of the girls needed money. And so, you know, that's why it went up for sale. They just, you know, some of the girls, one of them lost her husband and it was really hard up for money. And, um, so yeah, I ended up getting it and, and <clears throat> um, how long was it listed? How long was it listed when I, you, you bought it? Do you remember? I I think it was listed over 
over a year. That was kind of why what I was fighting when we were making offers, you know, I, I told the realtor, I said, Hey, you know, they come back, they, they went down 28 and I said, Hey, you know, this thing's been sitting here this many years, something or not this many years. I think it was a year, year and a half. And, you know, there's, there's a reason why nobody wants it. I said, you know, I'll give you 2650 and, you know, <laughs> and, um, they ended up taking it. That was kind of our counter offer. And mm-hmm. I, I know at the time, like my neighbors, a lot of them big landowners will pick up these pieces, you know, they just keep adding to their chunks. Yeah. Why, why, and didn't, two, th- why didn't they want to? That surprises me now that you say that. Well, like the one I've talked to is, my neighbor to the West, I become good friends with him from Michigan. And he, they looked at the same thing that I looked at originally was, um, the old owners weren't killing anything. So, Mm. you know, they don't have the kind of, you know, they just thought, well, there's no deer on there. Something, I don't know. (laughs) You know, they're not that don't have that hunting. They're big, they're hunters, but not that, understanding of the deer i guess you should say you know just because they're on your side of the fence don't mean they'll come on you know there's i can bring them to my side with a proper habitat and food and Mm -hmm. but that was kind of what keith said you know that because i mean he's trying to buy up everything he can now he's added a couple hundred acres in the neighborhood of just kind of no good crop ground to the north of me uh or just kind of no good for hunting but Sure. just to add to his chunk and, and now he sees you know now they kind of wish they would have got it after they see you know <laughs> oh yeah what you're <laughs> but, doing there <laughs> yeah. yeah and i think a couple other neighbors are the same way they just seen that the, the the older folks weren't getting anything on here so i guess i mean there yeah i heard there was two or three of the local people looked at it wow that, and, which is- you know the isn't it crazy how much the market there has changed from 2015 to now? I bet you could sell your farm oh, yeah. if you wanted to. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's almost doubled in price, you know, and just it just going on seven years. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Wait, which is which is really really cool. And it, that I mean, you're, I've had the pleasure of walking that farm twice now, and it is a really cool place. Uh, with all the views and and I'm even more excited to see all the improvements that you have going on um, from even, I think the first time we were there was three years ago and then walking it again this past yep. year, you, you already made a lot of improvements from the time being. So I can't even imagine what that place looks like in just a couple more years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Even just some fruit trees. I mean, I planted, well, I got 200 in the, in the first year I got it, 200 bear root, pear trees, crab apples and, um, they're just starting, you know, here it is six years later, well, this would be the seventh year. And there's some of them are starting to produce and, um, yeah, I mean, my, that's, I think that's huge and you know, over probably 200, 250, I lost some, but I replaced them. So I probably got a good 200 trees out there and, you know, I'm going to have, I've done a lot of small improvements like that, you know, with pear trees and, um, yeah, and now, and now quite you're, a few produced. And now you're ramping up the income on it too with the CRP. Yep. Yep. That's another big thing where, um, it had a CRP contract when I got, got the farm. Um, there was a tree program. I don't know exactly what it was called, but it like the erosion along the big, di- I got big drainage goes through the property and they planted this tree program on the sides to prevent erosion. And there's 40 acres in that. And I think that was on its second term, I think. Um, I don't know if they were 15 year terms or whatever, but that renewed the year before I bought it, um, like 14, I think, right, right before I bought it. Um, then I, it's a 15 year contract that just renewed and it wasn't, a, it wasn't a lot. It was 75 an acre, but heck I'm happy with just, you know, it's frankly yeah. woods, uh, you know, <laughs> Um, Free money. and then this, yeah, the, the CRP part of it, grass, the, I just had a, they had it in like a crappy brome grass, just a short, that was a for erosion and 
that was their major main concern was erosion. So they planted that. That was I had 60 acres in that, and that come up for renewal last year. And um, we are switching everything into a um, more of native grasses, um, forbs. I think there's I don't know four or five native grasses. Your high switch grass, blue stem, and um, the Indian Indian grass or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. so yeah, that should be huge for us. I, I'm really excited about that. Last last year, um, we brush hogged it off in August. The co-op came in and um, burned it down with different herbicides. The NRCS office um, they recommend two herbicide treatments one in the one in the fall and one in the spring when it starts greening back up so they hit it in the fall and then we'll as soon as it greens up we'll hit it again mm-hmm. and then i i hired one of the local um actually he's a broker at united country i guess um in elbia there he he plants crp grass so um i hired him to plant it and as soon as you know, we burn it down the second time and wait whatever period we have to, we'll, we'll plant it. And actually I got quite a bit more. I think the original contract was 75 bucks an acre on that too. And that jumped to 140 some, it's still down from what it was five, six, seven years ago. You know, it was $200. I haven't heard of people getting 285 or something, but so it went back down but now here it is this year, it's creeping back up again. So I kind of <laughs> missed out a little bit, but I'm, 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 you know, I'm super happy with a 141 compared to 75 too. So, you know, um, it's going to be huge for, you know, my payments. I mean, between, I got almost a hundred acres and, you know, see our different, two different programs. Income. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's yeah. Hot. Yeah, and, and just this new program, I mean, it's just going to add so much more bedding on the property. Um, the warm season grasses, you know, the deer love bedding on the edges of them draws, and it should just increase my bedding, oh, triple yeah. it, you know. Um, and pheasant cover, we have quite a few, I mean, not a lot of birds. Where I live up north here, we have a lot more birds, but down there, you know, there's good population, not good, but you know, they're there. Um, the winners have heard them. The neighbor has some, cause he has some CRP and they kind of come onto my place for the food plots, but, but I'm real excited to, um, you know, for the pheasants too, that CRP should really help them. And yep. It should just be a win-win as far yeah. as, you know, a lot, a lot on the than, property and yeah, a lot yeah. better than what it was. So I have a yeah, question. Brome grass. I yep. have a question. So when you sold those two houses that you had uh, additional lots with, were those? Did you build them and then just ended up selling them, or did you have contracts to build them, or what did what did that look like? No, we built them as a spec home. I um I just built I built one and um, put it up for sale. <clears throat> I don't know. They were little, probably twelve thirteen hundred square foot ranches with a garage. And, um, yep, I build one, put it up for sale and sold it. And I think I did the other one immediately and, um, sold them both right away. Like I said, I think I was there five, six years. I don't really remember. So yeah, it gave me time to build the two houses. And and then I sold the little one. I, I did some improvements on that sided it and I think we put a little deck out back. And so, yeah, I, I, you know, it was a win deal on me for yeah. that too. Yeah. So. I just, the, the episode that's going to go live next week, uh, similar story, gentleman, uh, contractor or carpenter as well, built the house and sold the house and he kind of just kept doing that. And then he had bought a bunch of ground as, as well. And I mean, being self-employed, I'm sure it has its benefits and drawbacks. Do you think that's kind of helped you get to where you're at? I think so. Yeah. Especially, you know, building them houses, um, you know that I don't know if I would have. I mean, that's huge. I, you know, they gave me an opportunity to build a house and sell. I mean, mm-hmm. if I own the lots, I, I 
probably would have just sold them as lots, you know, may made a little bit, but I did way better building the house. So, um, and it's every place I've had, you know, I've made improvements to them. Um, this place here, I sided, you know, fixed up the old sheep barn out back, sided that, put a new roof on it. Eventually I'll tear down that old shed out front and we got to do a couple more things here, but kind of like I had all these big plans for this place here. And then I, you know, I started it the nice LP siding and the shed out back, but then I bought the farm a couple years after I bought this place. And that kind of put a damper in things <laughs> here because I was spending so much time down there. I didn't want to take time to work here. So yeah. <laughs> do you think, do you think you'll end up retiring down there or moving down there full-time eventually? That's my goal. I mean, that's what I would love to do. That's kind of what my plans are when, um, sell this place here and just move down there. And that would be, you know, my ultimate dream if it, yeah. if it works out, you know, would you get any work um, down there? Work done down there? <laughs> no one, no one, no one else, you got your farm and all that ground to run around on. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I like to do. It kind of depends on, a little, you know, everything. I'll retirement, you know, worst case, I got to sell some of it for retirement, but I also got some retirement funds going. And I'm just a pretty, I guess, kind of something I can tell people out there is I'm, I'm um, not, I don't have a degree in college. I went to college for a year and a half and I dropped out because, I just didn't like school and I was in that party mode when I was a kid and I'm not really, you know, what you'd call super educated. I passed high school, of course, and, you know, average BC average through high school. So the way I kind of made money all my life, I just busted my butt at everything I did. My dad and grandpa were just, you know, my dad was the same way, you know, he worked for gas company and he read gas meters, but you know, he didn't make a lot when he, you know, but he always did. He roofed. He helped my uncle build homes. He had a strawberry patch. He was just always working for extra income. And mm-hmm. now my mom and dad, I mean, they're, they pay cash pretty much for everything all their life. And that's kind of what I've been doing the last few years. Um, I just learned from them to be conscious with my money. You know, I don't have a big pocket full of money so i've worked just busted my butt you know just mainly pound nails for a living and and that's you know some people say well i don't have money to get property and you know don't have this don't that you know i'm not a rich person by any means i mean i've invested wisely in some of this land over the years and now you know i do got a pretty good thing going forward but i've had to scrape for everything i've had and Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not super educated. Um, so yeah, work, work, you know, work it's mainly work, a work, work ethic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's key. I've worked just many hours. Um, and I'm starting to slow down now. I didn't 56 years old. And I noticed once I hit that 50, it seemed like downhill, just slowing down a little bit more every uh-huh. year. But <laughs> I don't know when, when we're running around scouting out there, you were, you were still leading the pack. So don't, um, you don't have me fooled on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a good case for, you know, people, the biggest thing is getting that d- 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 down payment and that's yeah. kind of where I save and save and save. I put every penny and just worked. And, you know, if you got to work extra jobs or, you know, work a second job, whatever side job, you know, like my dad, he did roofs, you know, anybody can throw a roof on if they have to, you know, just go out, mm-hmm. you know, in state of Iowa, we can't find enough workers to do all the trades, you know, pretty much you can look at YouTube, learn how to roof, you know, and yeah. make, you know, you make good money at it, you know, just put that extra money away. And, or, or I always said, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a numbers cruncher. That was one thing I was good at with simple math. Cause I got a business too. So I was always crunching, you know, well, if I don't, you know, I look at people buy cigarettes every day, you know, I'm always going, well, if you spend, eight bucks a day. And then I was times it by seven, you know, that's 56 mm-hmm. bucks. And then times it by four, you know, that's over 200 and some dollars yeah. a month just in smoking a damn cigarette. That's like, you know, a car payment, you know, um, 
I was always crunching numbers, you know, even buying lunches. Um, you know, all the, my workers always go to lunch every day. I, I take my own lunch every day. You know, I save, they're spending seven, eight, nine bucks a day at lunch. You add that up after a month, it's huge. So I'm mm-hmm. taking in, you know, just a, one of my venison bologna sandwiches or something in, you know, and I was just always, you know, I grew up, we grew up in a family that, you know, we watched every penny we ever had and it kind of, you know, stuck with me. And, um, I do, there's one area I waste, not waste, but I spent a lot of money of course, and that's hunting, but (laughs) (laughs) yep, guilty, guilty of that as well. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a, you know, anybody can do it. You know, if you just, if you want to, what I say, yeah, you gotta want to what priorities, I guess. Yeah, it definitely comes down to priorities. It's easy to say, you know, whatever whatever yep. your opinion is, but I guess you're living proof of uh, of working hard and, and saving your pennies and then to see what it's turned into. I mean, did you think when you bought that farm that it probably doubled in price in seven years? Did, I even, did that I, cross your mind going ne- into it? Never. I mean, I had I had family and stuff um, kind of look at me like I was nuts, you know, spending, you know, quite a bit of money on this 240 acres. Like I was nuts, you know, my brother was into buying a few rentals or, you know, lots of stocks and bonds. And I'm telling him, you know, he liked buying stuff like that. I buy some land in Iowa. I don't know. And he liked investing his money places. And now it's like he hears what I, you know, what the land is out here. He's like, damn, I should have got some. (laughs) (laughs) They're all looking at me like they thought I was a fool. You know, that was the biggest loan I'd ever got, mm-hmm. of course. You know, I haven't, since I bought this farm, I don't, I paid cash for my last truck. I bought a couple of used trucks. I kind of got the Dave Ramsey yeah. policy. Mm-hmm. You listen to him, you know, I've, I've kind of started listening to him pretty heavy, like before I bought these houses, you know, and, and I kind of, you know, I'm starting to buy more used vehicles and, just stay out of debt. You know, the only debt I have, I owe on is my farm. And, um, but that's paid off, you know, it was nerve wracking when I, sure. that first, first few weeks out of the, out of the gate, you know, I mean, payments weren't huge, but I'm in construction. You never know if I get hurt or it was just real stressful time. Like it was fresh out of the gate. Like, how am I going to, you know, what if something happens, you know, that, anxiety was a little high but um you know after the first year everything went smooth i you know i take so much out of my account every month and put it into you know a savings for because i pay my loan once a year it's through um farm farm credit services of america they're a big um you know loan institution for farms and stuff out here in the midwest so I just, you know, put so much a month and, and then actually I put enough away a month to make the whole payment. So the CRP and stuff is just kind of extra that I put into the. Okay. So you, you pay know, ex- the CRP you use as extra payment on the loan typically. Yeah. Ex- yeah. And, 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 and like money for repairs and mm-hmm. um, food plot stuff, stuff like that, herbicides, you know, that will go into that. And then I have, Except for this year, because I had so much money down into this new getting things for the CRP program up and rolling. You know, I usually put a few thousand extra at the end of every year on the loan, too. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first year I haven't just because just I had so many expenses this year. But, yeah, I try to do that, you know, put a few thousand extra a year. And so that helps, you know. I think I got a 20-year. I think it's 20 years I got. I didn't want the full 30 years because I knew that would have took me, you know, quite a bit past my retirement. And I didn't want that. So I, I think it was 20 years. So I'm seven in, 13 to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm 55. Yeah, I figured it'd be, you know, in my early 60s when it's, you know, if I go through the whole 20 years, it's, you know, right around retirement age. So I wouldn't have, you know, that payment after I retire. So I kind of thought that through and I could have saved, you know, paid less and went with a 30 year or something, but, um, I just wanted it done by the time I retire. So 
Yeah, that makes sense. And the 30 year mortgages, when you look at how much you're paying in interest on the, on the front end of that. Oh loan, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is. 20. Yeah, I kind of wanted a 15, a 15, but I don't remember. I don't think they offered it. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember, but. Which still, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess if, if someone right now listening, cause a lot of the folks that they listen to this are, I don't know, I'll just say between 25. Well, actually let me, let me go back one more second. So you bought that when you were like 49, 50. Or 48? Yeah, right around there. Yep. Yeah. Seven years. Yep. Okay. We average 48, right? And so that was, you You had bought other, you know, the 12 acres in Michigan and then the 20 some acres in Iowa. And this was like your first, trilli- really like first hunting farm, right? Yep. For the basically yep. asshole use. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And yep. so, I mean, there's hunting on this place here, but that wasn't, you know, that was just a bonus. You know, it's out in the country. Both my places are. You know, the place I lived way out in the country too. And, you know, that was on the back of my mind. We could hunt here, but, mm-hmm. you know, the farm was more. Yeah. Know, it was, yeah, it was, a, it, was a bo- yeah, it was a bonus. And then you're spending most of your time downstate anyhow. Yeah. So as you know, someone that's listening to this, they, they want to get to that first farm and they're asking you for advice. So I know I'm get I could guess what your advice may be, but I want you to say, so they're, they're asking Scott, how do I, how do I get started or how do I buy my first farm? Um, you got to get that down payment, you know, whatever it takes, whether you got to sell stuff and around the house, you don't have like, like, for example, I got a horse trailer here that I, you know, I keep telling the kids, let's get it cleaned up. You know, it's probably worth 10 grand, you know, it's sitting out there. We really don't use it. You know, that's something that, stuff like that laying around sell it and start working on that down payment work other jobs and get that down payment and um you know start looking to i guess it, you call it hiring a realtor go go talk to jake and have yeah. him start looking for some <laughs> land for you and yeah. <laughs> um yeah. does that kind of answer your question a little bit or i don't yeah yeah it, I, I yeah i mean yeah, I think it's important like bust said, your just, butt and yeah, that's keep, a, keep that's your a, credit clean. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's, yeah, what my, pass that along. that's what my grandpa used to preach to me. Keep your credit clean, clean, you know, no matter what it takes, make them monthly bills. Cause if you got bad credit, you probably won't go anywhere on getting a piece of land. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have to, you have to, that's number one, keep that clean and just start saving for your down payment. And I think most places are what 20, 30% for down payment. I think, are they? Yeah. Um, for the most part, you I might, think I, you might find someone at 15%, but it's pretty safe to say yeah, I, 20, 25, 30. I think I had 30%, but then also that was one of the things they, they talked about you. My house here was paid for using it. Well, whatever you call it, collateral or whatever. Yeah. And then I could have saved, you know, put less money down, but I kind of, in my eyes, I wanted to have that totally separated i didn't want this because if something happened at work i got hurt couldn't make the payments i didn't want you know something coming back and taking the place i live is kind of the way i understood it so i said i want that totally separate on his own you know so that's it it was a little bit more for me but this house wasn't involved it's you know i don't know if that makes sense but it did my eyes when i got the place because i you know i was nervous it was a huge expense for me and um you know i just didn't want something really bad to happen and lose you know both of them lose i figured the if it ever did i could yeah i could sell the farm and you know i'd be safe but so mm-hmm. yeah because but that makes it anyways what's, what's been one of your favorite things about owning that farm um of course the deer hunting i mean there's a number of things we we go down there practically every weekend. It's two hours, but like I tell everybody, er- everything in Iowa is a long drive because <laughs> our towns are far in between. And so we get used to it. We get out of work, head down there for the weekend. Um, you know, we have the fishing ponds. My my daughter and her family come down. My grandson go fishing and um, bonfires. I mean, it's 
it's kind of like heaven to me, you know, it's my getaway. It's, it's place for family, you know, summer long. I do do a lot of work down there, of course, a lot of work to keep it going in food plots, but kind of that's in my blood. So it's something I enjoy and you know, I'm always out, whether it's doing improvements, you know, planting trees, food plots. Um, I, I've done a lot of stuff there. I can't even think of oh, all yeah. of it now, you know, predator controls we manage the predators to help the turkeys and deer out and just it's everything i do associated with the farms pretty much fun even if i'm working but yeah um yeah it's just i wouldn't change it for the world i just love it you know that's what i say i could you know sell it now and and be set you know just um but i don't know what i do with myself I, i'm a busybody. i'm not one of them guys that sit around and you know they get home from work and hit the recliner every single night you know that's how you get old and die quick in my eyes you know I, i'm a busybody. i gotta be doing something and and um i don't know what i would do especially as age creeps along you know um just nice to go down there and enjoy it yeah i so, I, I can imagine why yeah it's really it's, it's a cool spot i Every time I get down there, really enjoy it. So one thing that I find very interesting, though, is so you have that farm and pretty much you can count on at least you or one of your kids shooting a big buck every single year or, or multiple. But yep. you're also you're also hunting there and then also going to public land and, and scratching that itch. How important was it to you when you're buying that parcel that you had <laughs> all those options nearby? It was huge. Like I said earlier, that's one of the things I looked at in that neighborhood. Um, I'm average of 40 minutes from all the places I used to hunt um, for years before I bought the farm, all the public land pieces. And now where I'm at, there's, I don't know how many thousand acres there is. I mean, there's one public piece just a mile and a half to the north, big piece, two miles to the west. Then it just goes to the west quite a few miles. I mean, there's thousands of acres up there. So that was huge for me. I you know that was when I was debating on, you know, putting in the offer. That's one of the things I looked at. I pulled up maps, all these public land pieces close to me and just kind of studied them, you know, as a, because like I said earlier, there wasn't a lot of history with big deer on there. So mm-hmm. the neighbors had killed them all, but not on this actual piece. So I thought, well, I got to have a backup plan and there's public land all around me i mean within five minutes i can go jump on one you know my old stomping grounds was 40 minutes and um it was huge i looked at maps and then i decided yeah i mean this is for for my type of hunting public land and you know that's that's all me you know i i have i have a home here on this piece if i buy it and you know i got a base where i can just hop and hit all these public land pieces and that's actually what i do if we don't have um like this year we we had ehd 2019 it wiped out a lot of bucks on my farm i think we lost 30 deer and oh it was eight eight or nine bucks so we've been struggling we've had a few mature deer four or five years old you know but low scoring management type deer eight points you know struggle to hit 140 so especially during october if i don't have a buck on my farm you know in october i'm hitting all these public land pieces and then it don't put any pressure on my place you know i stay off there if we do anything it's like in the mornings we doe hunt because we have huge numbers of does we doe hunt on the edges to try to thin them out in October. And then we go hit the public lands in the evening. Um, it's huge for me. I mean, to me, I got the best of both worlds. I can, I know the public lands like the back of my hand and, you know, and then that right buck shows up on the farm, you know, I can go in and go after them. I've shot some pretty good ones on there. Mm-hmm. Um, some decent ones over the years. And then a few management bucks that's usually, you know, come the gun seasons, I usually don't go to the public as much. That's my time to, you know, if there's a good buck, I'll try to get him or these older management deer. 
And I think that's part of managing your farm is taking out some of these. I mean, we've shot five, six-year-old bucks, you know, that don't, you know, 130, 135. And that's what the perfect be. time. To, yeah. Yeah. That's as big as they'll ever be. And, you know, that's a perfect time to, you know, take them out. So, but yeah, it's a huge plus hunting the public. It takes, it's mainly me and my boy that hunt this farm, but you know, people don't realize you could booger up, even though it's 240 acres, you could booger up a farm fast if you're in there, you know, day in and day out, you know, but, um, big bucks don't put up with that intrusion very much. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that's the perfect scenario for me in this case, I can go hit public land and just let them deer do their thing. And then when the right opportunity comes along, if a buck shows up, we go in and you know, strategize and try to get them. So, yeah, that that makes sense. And there's a proven track record for both of those strategies for you. Cause it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's really cool. And I think it is, it is crazy to me too. Cause I mean, when you guys hunt that your home farm or the two forty, I mean, how many, how many sits are you guys going on there? Cause I, I assume I picture you guys bouncing around quite a bit. Like let's say from the last last week October to the I don't know third week in November, how many sits do you think you'll have on there? It just it depends on the year. Like this year, I think, I mean for actual bucks, I think I I killed my buck on. He was probably a hundred fifty inch eight point. Um, I was gonna wait for something bigger, but I got a problem when I see a big old mature buck and them eight points look so cool. (laughs) (laughs) I know. He came in, I couldn't resist it, <laughs> but, um, it was a beautiful deer though. And, um, I shot him Halloween. I think that was only the first or second time wow. that I sat there last year. I mean, I sat, like I said, the perimeters in the morning or whatever, um, you know, trying to kill some does. I, I killed quite a few does in October, just kind of sitting along the roads, you know, where I, we didn't go in and intrude on the, you know, center part of the farm or the back you know um but cody i think my son yeah same thing october i mean we're lucky unless we see trying to think um if we i don't think we've really hunted much at all in october on the farm for bucks you know and, and until it gets to that late october and then you know if it's a year it just depends on what's there, you know. Cody hunts there a little bit more than me because I'm more aggressive on the public land. But you know, come November, I mean, usually there's been a decent buck for me to hunt there in November. So, you know, and then the public land start getting a little pressure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're sitting there. You know, if I take a week off work, might hunt the farm half of that time, three four days in November and hit public. It kind of just depends on what I'm hunting. Yeah, we just we're real careful on, you know, what we do, of course. Well, yeah, you you can control what goes on at your own farm. You can't really control what's going on in public ground too. So I, yeah. I assume as the chaos yep. ramp ramps up on the public land, uh, you know, you can go back to your own yep. farm too. It, yeah, it is I'll, cool. Come gun season, come gun season, we we hunt it quite a bit, of course, because we just don't have much faith in the public <laughs> and gun. But yeah, we hunt it. You know, if we like late season, I'll I'll hunt it every day in the evening. Um, very rare do I hunt mornings just because it's hard to get around the farm in the mornings. I, I did kill one of my biggest deer in the mornings. The situation was right. And I it was real windy that morning. I was able to get into a blind kind of a couple hundred yards from the food plot down low. I was able to get into it because I knew the deer were coming across that field to go back to bed. And I did kill 170 inch, um, that one in my kitchen on there out of them three, that, oh, yeah. that big, wide, heavy one there. I killed him in the morning, but, um, but yeah, we hunt, you know, almost every night we just hit different parts of the farm or we try not to burn, you know, burn out, just kind of real careful on access in and out. If there's deer in the field, try to blow them off with a coyote howler or whatever, or if somebody's around, have them drive a truck out, you know, and blow the deer off the field, just different things like that. Mm-hmm. 
because um, my place is fairly open. You know that. It has big drainage, but a lot of open areas. So you got to be really careful how you hunt it. It's going to help once we get big CRP grass because we'll have a lot more cover to get around. But Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm super excited to see what that place turns into the next, you know, two or three years. Yeah. When the gets established. I think it's going to yeah. be Yeah, we got a brush hog at the next two years. It'll be planted this spring, and they want it brush hogged um, two or three times. I guess that keeps the weeds down, the unwanted stuff, you know, probably your rag weeds and all that. And mm-hmm. foxtail come up real heavy, and that will drown out all that young native seeds. So, yeah, you got to brush hog it two, three times. And then the second year, they want it brush hog twice. And then the third year you let it go and it should just be, you know, prime. So, yep. Yeah. The next two years will be kind of thin there, but you know, long-term should just be fantastic. Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm pumped to, to fall along there, but um, <clears throat> I don't want to take too much more of your time here this evening, but um, I really, I really appreciate you agreeing to come on here and kind of tell your story. I think there's, the common theme with a lot of these guests, a lot of them are self-employed and a lot of them are just, you know, make stuff happen. You know, if that's your goal, go get it. And that's, I think you follow yep. that mold almost perfect. Yep. But um, if people want to find you, what is the best way to do that? Um, Just social medias. I got Facebook and Instagram, um, Scott Buckley. Um, Instagram, I think Scott Buckley, maybe 2104, I think. I'll look it up real quick. Um, you didn't get banned off Facebook again here lately, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I've been pretty good for a while. <laughs> Behaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. <laughs> Well, great. Well, I'll be, I'll definitely link to that. And I think uh, anyone listening here should definitely follow along on your, your journeys. You guys found a, a ton. You guys had an awesome weekend this, this past weekend. It yes, like. we did. I couldn't believe it. We, um, actually it's where me, you and Cameron <clears throat> went up in, um, you know, that, that public piece. The, I, oh, I think we, we drove down there. Um, down by the farm there. Okay. Um, yeah, where me, you and Cameron um, went up into that public piece where that, um, you know, where that sign was. Yeah. Um, we put a bunch of cameras up in there. Um, oh, January 31st, I think the date said. We took five cameras up and um, because I knew the landowner to the east had tons of food plots. And um, so, yeah, we just got back up in there this weekend and we pulled them cameras and Oh, I don't think we'd found anything. Just kind of marking tree stand locations, you know, taking our time through there. And and there was one little piece in the very back. I said, let's just walk down and see where all these trails are going. And like at the very back of the public part. And just was an open south-facing ridge, open timber, mm-hmm. a lot of oaks. And I listened, Cody, there's a horn laying there. And, um, holy cow, we started looking around that open timber just in the very south end. I think we found seven sheds. And, um, and I said, we got to find some trees and stuff in here to, <laughs> to, you know, hunt this fall. I said, this, there was a few rubs around in there. And, um, so yeah, well, I was going to work at farm Sunday. This was Saturday when we were up there. We checked cards. We had some quite a few bucks. One one really nice one that was a half rack right around the time we set it, end of January. And uh, I said, we're going back up there Sunday and just kind of get to know this area a little better. I said, and then we ended up finding two more horns in the same area. So we, I think we ended up with like eight or nine right up in there. Wow. That's <laughs> crazy. Know? Yeah. And then we're kind of super stoked about, you know, hunting it. It is. And then the cool thing was we didn't, we found two old stands. Um, one was a ladder stand. It, it the stra- it was so old, the straps had rotted off it. And then we found another stand with sticks going up. They were growed into the tree and the stand was on an angle. So they hadn't been, you know, used in years and just a couple really old cuttings. Um, didn't find... It, on camera, I had all these and, you know, major 
trails for, you know, deer in the wintertime, you know, they just take major trails. And, um, I thought, well, if there's anybody shed hunting in here, you know, we'll get pictures on where my cameras are located. They're all up high in trees. So, you know, they wouldn't get stolen. We just had a, a couple with two yellow lab dogs as the only people back in there shed hunting March 3rd. And they were down in the bottom right by the private land fence. So I'm wondering if they yeah. came off of the private land. Cause I know there's probably a lot of sheds up in there. Cause we didn't have them on any of the cameras up high or anything. So I don't even think hardly anybody's going back in there. I mean, it's to me, it looks like a prime piece. We're like totally geeked to hunt yeah. it this fall. So how do you decide where to go? Cause you got to have so many darn spots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's going to be one of my number one, long as there ain't pressure. I mean, it looks hot and just the yep. sign we seen and, and the, it looked like lack of pressure. Yep. Didn't see any fresh cuttings. We did find one like, up near the front of the property, somebody there was a parachute um, paracord and a tree stand strap, like up in the tree. But they took their strap and sticks probably down the end of season or whatever. But that was the only sign we seen of anybody. And they actually had like a camera box with a lock on it. The camera was out, but and that but that was that was up at the front of the property. That wasn't even in the you know middle or back, but. Okay. Well, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, sometimes it's tough, but we'll run, you know, run a lot of cameras and kind of see what you find. That kind of helps decide too, you know, if a really big one shows up, we'll spend more time there or whatever. So, yeah, well, I'm a little bit envious uh, of, of where you're at and where you're running around because it is definitely a special place to be if you are a whitetail uh, fanatic. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but awesome well i'll certainly link to your instagram and i just want to say thanks once again and uh have to catch up again here soon okay sounds good jacob nice talking to you there you guys have it. i hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode with scott buckley next week we are going to have Vinny from out east and we're talking about a solar farm that he put on his parcel really good information i hope you guys tune into that next monday at 5 a.m central standard time as always be sure to head over to the exodus website check out that upgrade program and also head over to the resource sign up be sure to be on there we just crossed recently 100 email signups so that is wonderful and when we send out a resource it's going to be fantastic we're not going to uh, you know bombard your email inbox because i think that is the most annoying thing so we're not doing that when we send something it's going to be good so be sure to add us to your contact list and i think that's it for now hope you guys have a great rest of your week see you